on this episode of Quantum Week, February 3rd through 9th, 2013. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. We talk about movies and music and headlines and our stories. And we are continuing uh, through February 2013 with movie Argo and song Locked Out of Heaven. By Bruno Mars. By Bruno Mars. Argo, fuck yourself. <laughs> That's a good one. Actually. No, no, seriously. Go fuck yourself. Argo, fuck yourself. No, Argo, fuck, no, Argo, fuck uh, yourself. This, uh, Argo, Argo uh, is a tremendously great movie. I think it's really good i don't know that i would say Ugh. great but it's really good no dude it's like b plus for me i mean oh. we, there's, we're not that far off this i like silver linings playbook better than i like Argo. really yeah i do a bad take i don't uh, think so at all i mean it's a good movie i think the direction's really good but it's subtle it's not as like there i don't think affleck takes as many chances as like as uh you know what happens in silver lining playbook two but, movies a chance man like this is a is? really hard story to tell on screen. it is that's true the screenplay is amazing. Um, the direction is brilliant. This is, this is, we've talked about it It's before. not your top five. Ugh, it's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be tough. I think top 10 for me. And it's only a B plus. Yeah, but we're, when you're talking about B plus, you're talking like an 88, you know, an 89. I mean, that's, that's fucking high. That's high. <sighs> All right. Maybe not. Um, it's good. It's really good. I liked it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this, this movie is tremendously great. We talk about, flawless movies and perfect movies. I know it's kind of a, um, a perfect movie to me is, uh, something that does nothing wrong. It's almost like a no hitter. Maybe we should use yeah. that terminology, a no hitter movie. Sure. And then you have a flawless movie where there's just, everything's great in it. So for me, road to perdition is a flawless movie. There's Absolutely. Just, every yeah. single scene has meaning. Everything yep. about it. I love. There's not one note in the movie that is anything but perfect. Yeah, exactly. This movie isn't that for me. No, but this movie is a no hitter movie. This movie does everything right. Um, and I have, it has no, it has the false beats I had are very minimal. I'm going to be very light with the criticism here. Sure. Cause there's really not much to critique. Yep. Um, simply just praise. I, this is a masterwork in craft. What do you mean by that? Um, the direction is incredible. You think it's incredible? Incredible. I think it's really good. I just the, think it's subtle. The degree of difficulty is, is off the charts here because it's a hard story to tell. Yeah. It's a really challenging story to mm. tell. Um, you're dealing with a whole nother culture. You're dealing with a story that happened 40 years ago. This Oh, so just a little bit uh, of Chris talk. This happened when I was born, basically. Oh, the right. story starts November 4th, and this movie uh, kind of ends, what, like February of, uh, yeah. of 80? So February so, 4th. Like uh, 80 days or something. So yeah, so 11, 4, 79 to like yep. February. So that's like when I was born, 11, 23, 79. So we're right. This is what the world looked like when I was born. Um, so you're telling a story that's, you know, at this point, 40 years old. Yep. A kind of confusing story with uh, the the Iran hostage situation. Especially people who don't know it. It is kind of a unusual time in history, right? Um, and he does it so brilliantly up top with those storyboards, uh, which you know later pay off at yep. the end of the movie. We have the storyboards, but of they course. do a storyboard of basically what happened with the Shah and how the Ayatollah kind of became powerful. And it does it in a really elegant and objective n- way. Yes. Yep. Right. Yeah. 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 Just sort of matter of fact. You never feel like you're lectured. To, nope. Not at all. Which is, you know, 2020. I feel like all we ever do is get lectured. By That's people. right. Um, but the, right. I feel like it's just, and especially Ben Affleck, who's very political. He's very liberal. So I remember when I walked in the theater, I was like, oh, here we go. This right. could be really, I don't feel like that 
was this way at all. I feel no, the storytelling was incredibly chamber. by the book. Yeah. Now I'm sure there's some people on either side. They're going to tell me, I'm, you know, all right. All right. Well, there was blowback for the film, just uh, historical inaccuracy. inaccuracy. It wasn't as much as and Wikipedia the, or whatever it says it is, though. I mean, was, I, I so I don't it. remember. But yeah, yeah. I, I remember it. Like, yeah. This wasn't as like controversial. It's not like, you know, a Green Book winning Best Picture. No, no, which, no, no, no. Which no, had, you know, no. real, this was, this was different. Um, so that element alone, telling the backstory is incredibly hard. Then you have, then you have this amazing sequence at the beginning of the movie where you show the embassy get taken over by totally people. run over. Yeah. And it shows you the most scary villain, most scary thing might not be Freddy Krueger or, you know, Jason or, or even the shark. Michael from Jaws. Myers. Right. Yeah. It's people. It's, it's a, a horde of people. Don't that, that And in my head, I mean, I say this, this is my mantra anyway, but do not trust the crowd. Do not trust the crowd. Cause it's exactly, it's exactly what you're doing. And you, I mean, the way he frames it with just, you know, faceless people kind of coming at you. Yeah, exactly. And what that, like that tidal wave of, of humans that want to do harm. They might as well be zombies. They're not even human at that point. They're just a fucking whore. It is. It is scary. Yeah. And you, you I, I remember the first time I saw this and I, you know, I saw it knowing, uh, you know, not yeah, that you I'm an expert a, on this, yeah. but I, I, I had an awareness yeah. of, of the story. So I knew kind of, you know, what happens with the hostages. I know that they all survive at the end. Um, you know, even the people that were there for 444 days, they survive. Yeah. So I, I, but even so in the, the moment, it is just, it is just sheer terror. Yeah. And Affleck does an incredible job. The editing of this film, incredible. It's perfect. You see, I, I'm not sure who the character was, but, um, you know, a bunch of people get taken um, from the from the embassy. And this one woman yes. who she just, like, surrenders to, I know this is going to happen. She Like, she lays down the phone. I know it's going to happen. She just kind of stay stands sort of limp. And they fucking manhandle her and blindfold her and take her. And she just take accepts it and goes away. And, yes. and, yeah, they really. It's like, it's, 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 that's. That's rough. I, I understand. I mean, I think that that's very realistic too. Like what you, you just, this is what's going to happen. Like you just know you accept it and it just happens. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure people in that situation, you know, they went there knowing it's kind of risky. Sure. Although, you know, when they got there though, the old shot was in place. It wasn't anywhere near that. No. And then, you know, the risk, you know, became more and more increased with every, well, every was, day. was very sympathetic to the, I mean, you know, the Shah was it, said to have been kind of installed as the Shah there, but it was right. very, um, you know, capitalistic yeah exactly right. yeah i mean even you or see pictures by that time that. they it looks a lot more western you got women in short skirts and not in you know yes. uh, all that stuff is happening when they arrive um and then right. you know the takeover happens and then it starts to get it starts to get real real scary and you convince yourself that it's not going to apparently but right i guess some people did ugly. i mean a lot of people left us but these people didn't and they stuck behind and then you know they obviously paid a horrible price for that right um so then the you know then you have these six people escape the embassy, you know, I don't want to go pop by pop. I just want to go out the back door, yeah. go out the back door and get in. But just the way that's all set up and shot and edited, it's Hitchcockian yeah. in its, in its suspense, it's terror. Uh, like I, I mean, I'm watching it again. This is the first time I've watched this since I saw it in the theaters. Yep. And uh, like, I, you know, I got to see like almost shortness of breath just because like, Oh my God, I was like holding my breath. I was just so excited, nervous for these people. Like I was, it was just chilling. Sure. And then, you know, you, then you go to the, you know, but you never, goose that same like pacing or frenetic like energy because then you go to like the cia stuff yeah and that's never boring no you're never like you know it's always that like that energy is always that terror is always there of like you know where you know what needs to happen the urgency of the matter and, and it just it's like a drive that urgency is a driving force the entire movie even though um tony mendez you know played by ben affleck yeah. he is very calm throughout this he's sort of this like sea of chaos all around him throughout the entire movie but he is like this one calm touch point in all of that 
Even other members of the CIA. It's all in his eyes. Yeah. And that's where Affleck, you know, and Affleck, man, oh man, does he get fucked over by the Academy here? Yeah, he does. Oh, Didn't even boy. get nominated. A few different ways. You know, the Academy hates Ben Affleck. Uh, or at least did. I think there might be some sort of. Why do you think that is? Jealousy. Really? A jealousy and. Stemming from like goodwill hunting? I mean. It's good looks too. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, a lot a of things. Guy, yeah. Right. So the first thing is the goodwill hunting thing. He gets the Oscar for that. Yeah. Um, people, a lot of screenwriters, a lot of people around Hollywood are very jealous. These young guys come in basically kind of out of nowhere in their mind, even though Ben Affleck actually had been a working actor for years. Yeah, right. We grew up watching him. Did you watch that Voyage the Mimi show? Mm-mm, it was no. a show in the 80s. It was on PBS. Uh, it was also in schools. And it was about like these, this crew that were out of, out of Massachusetts that would go whale watching. <laughs> and it was like an eight-part series. And it was across the country. I saw it in New York. Wow. And uh, Affleck was like the star of this show. And, you know, he also had done, I think he was in School Ties, right? Yeah. He had done, like, some yeah. Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. Like, he's been working for a long time. And, yes, this is their first screenplay, but he's been a, in the business for a while. Sure. And people were, and then he makes, obviously, some bad movies. He kind of sells out, which pisses off some people. Sure. Does Armageddon, you know, Reindeer Games, these stupid movies, you know, Geely, these Geely, other things. yeah. Um, and that pissed off people. And then he came back and he did that George Reeves movie, the Hollywood land. Yep. Um, and he, you know, he, a lot of people thought he might get a, uh, an Oscar nomination there. He doesn't. Okay, fine. This comes out. This movie is so well directed and for him not to get a nomination. It, that is does stunning. suck actually. Right. For particularly for direction because the film wins. Film wins. The film wins and the screenplay, does the screenplay win? The screenplay was yes. nominated. Screenplay, screenplay wins. wins and yes. he doesn't get, how does that happen? I mean, I'd really like uh, Life of Pi. Um, yes. That's what one for- one best one. director. And Life of Pi is a very good movie. It's very good, but it's, it's, I don't know that it's better than this. It's not better than this. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the direction real quick, though. I mean, while we're in it. Yeah, sure. Um, so, he, so this was the one of the earlier years. wasn't the first. It was one of the earlier years we had the 10 movies that's nominated. Right. So yep. here are the movies that were nominated. You have Argo, which one? Uh, Amour. Beast of the Southern Wild, Django Unchained, Les Mis, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linus Playbook, and Zero Dark Thirty. So it's a pretty stacked year. There's for some, yeah, sure. there's some real good ones there. So, but in that list I gave you, I mentioned in, uh, Django Unchained. Yep. Which is also brilliantly directed. An awesome film, yeah. Here's what was nominated for Best Director. Angley Life of Pi, which is actually a very well-directed movie. Yep. He should have been nominated. Yep. Uh, Michael Hanaki for Amor. I've never seen Never Amor. seen it. Uh, ben Zietlin for Beasts of the Southern Wild. Haven't seen it. Steven Spielberg for Lincoln, which I've seen, and it is it is I, yeah. it is fine. It is fine. It is a. I have no problem with it getting a nomination for Best Picture if you have ten pictures nominated. Sure. Okay. Great. This has no business being better directed than Tarantino or this, especially. I mean, Tarant- and, yeah, particularly and then David O. Russell for Civil Lines Playbook, which is a great movie, uh, a movie I, I like a lot. I love, uh, it's a great movie. I love it's it. Great movie. Movie. No problem saying that. D- this and Django are a better directed. I put, I would go Django silver linings than this, but yes, but how I about mean, just directed though, not film. Even directed. I would put Django number one there. Actually Django number one for me in that yeah. one. And then I was still would put silver lines. I would put playbook. this number one Django two and then, would you? And then silver lines. Yeah, so and then life of pie is for definitely life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I, so, you know, and the fact that, you know, some of these movies, so I think, so, okay. I remember when the nominations came out, Ben Affleck wasn't nominated. People like lost their shit. And there was a real blowback at that point. And then finally Oscars, I think a big reason they won best picture is I think there was so much blowback from Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. not getting a nomination. I think people kind of felt bad. He did obviously win for a pretty, he had a producing yep. credit on this as well. So he did win his second Oscar, uh, for this, for the best picture. 
Uh, and then the other producers were kind enough to let him make the acceptance speech at the Oscars too, which which was nice. So he got to finally, you know, he got to give that speech by right. himself. Right, right. Finally, um, but this movie though is so crisp with things and so tight and so professional with things. Um, That's what I thought about it. Blue collar, professional. That's how I felt about it. Like methodical. But it's better than that though. That, that almost makes it sound less than. Yeah, I don't mean to. I don't mean it to. But I just didn't see anything. Maybe that's, maybe that's what it was, the subtlety. It, it didn't get in the way of itself. Um, but I didn't see anything. I didn't feel like I saw anything new that I'd never seen before. You know what I mean? In a, in a, in a direct I've never job. seen a story like this told before. Yeah, maybe not. Not like this. Not, not in this way. Not, not being able to, even small things, man. Like, okay, the hostages. Yeah. We don't really see them a lot. And a lot of them, I know Tate Donovan's one of the six, but these aren't, these aren't big name. No, they're not at all. People, right? Uh, except for uh, Scoot. Scoot McNary and Carrie uh, Bishop, who did, um, they were in Halt and Catch Fire together as, as a husband and wife. Right. So I really like that show. They weren't in that show yet though. So these were, they were were even more unknown. Two years before. Even though that show is not really a big, big show. No, it's not. It's a great show. These are six relatively unknown They are. Okay. Yeah. You, the way their faces are and the way the makeup is, you 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 don't need to know them because everyone else in the in the movie almost is a big name. Cranston, Goodman, yep. Arkin, you know, go down the line. Even um uh oh my god, I'm totally blanking. He's one of my favorite actors too. The guy from uh, Friday Night Lights. Uh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Oh, it's gonna drive me crazy. Yeah. Someone someone in their car is screaming right now at us. Uh, the fuck's his name? I gotta, I gotta look it up now. I'm sorry. That that, that, that he's, he's a great actor. He's like one of he's no he is Coach really great. Taylor. I mean he's fantastic. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry guys. I'm I'm gonna have to look that up. The hell's his name? Google Friday Night Lights. The guy. Um, I'm usually, I'm getting old. I, 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 are I'm, you slowing down on me? Yeah, I think I'm getting old. But the thing is that, like, the you're totally right with the bit. They look, you see it, you see at the end a picture of the actor and the picture of the real life person. They make them look exactly Kyle like the real Chandler. life person. Kyle Chandler, of course. Kyle, he's such a good actor. Dude. They he's make great. them look exactly like the the original people. They do. It's awesome. That's awesome. I also really appreciated how um, they took shots of like you know um, you know some film um, or some yeah some moving film and some like uh some pictures some images from that time and recreated that yes like use that as the template for like the guy hanging that was terrible but the guy hanging from the right. tra- the train the sorry the crane or um you know the mob going over the the wall that right. type of shit was all like footage yeah. that they sort of recreated did a great awesome job way. yeah um kind of making it as, as close to a mirror as possible for these images that obviously yep. must have meant a lot to him but just to go back to my original point of how the hostages all had kind of unique faces where you didn't need to know the actor to know to be to know them or to 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 separate them uh like they all looked unique so all the six actors all looked different they all were not on screen a ton because you have three kind of different stories going you have kind of ben affleck's journey you do you have the the hollywood slash cia story then you have the hostage story yep but because the characters are so well written and defined and acted and presented to us you don't need to spend too much time with them to know them that's right. And that is like, it's a subtle, small thing, but every part of this movie has that. Like you mentioned, all the images are really, are, are stunning to look at. A lot of this movie was shot in Istanbul. Not yeah. a lot of it, but a lot of that stuff that looks foreign was, uh, most of it was shot in, in, in LA in sound stages and things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the, uh, the home of the uh, Canadian prime minister that was all shot in LA. But, you know, but a lot of that stuff, you know, they kind of walking through the bizarre, bizarre scenes. Yeah. That's scary as shit, man. Totally like, is. You know, and they're creating suspense out of something we've, we've never, I've never been to, I've never been in the Middle East. I've never been to a bizarre, bizarre like that. I'm sure most of the audience scenes movie hadn't been there. No. But you feel, you understand the terror simply by how that movie, how it's shot and how 
the uh, actors are, are reacting to it. Right. Because we don't know what, what a bizarre is, like what we've seen in the lab or what maybe we've read in the news, whatever. We don't understand most what that's like, yeah. A lot of people watching the movie weren't even alive in 1980. Or even the, in the van driving through the crowd. The van. Why like is that scary? You know, but, like, but Affleck is able to make it comprehensible and also able to make you feel it there. So he's doing it from a, a intellectual level and from emotional level at the same time yeah. about something you did not know about. Yeah. That is fucking hard. About a real life situation. That's fucking hard to do. This is, an, for so long, and I've been wrong, for so long I've said the town is better than this. And I don't think it is, man. You don't think so? I think this is I love is the better. town. The town is great. I love, I the, love town. the town. It's so good. Yeah. I, but I did rewatch a couple months ago. I haven't seen it forever. Um, it's been probably the fifth time I've seen it. I've seen that a lot more than this. And I did rewatch a couple months ago, which is, it's very good movie. It's yeah. really good. This is better. This is a better. Directing job? Yeah. This is a better work. Of, better movie though? Uh, I think it is, man. I I think it is. I think it's a better movie. I think, I think it is a better movie. I think that. Town is more. This is entertaining as fuck, but I think yeah. the town is probably more entertaining. Town might be like probably the, most, the town might be the most entertaining movie the last twenty years, I, in my opinion. I think the town's really entertaining. Yeah. This though is a better. This is craftsmanship. This is a professional. Such a tight movie. It is very tight. And you think about like all the acting talent in this film too that so don't much. like that just don't get a lot of screen time. No. But he was still able to collect them all, you know, between Cranston and Arkin and, Arkin and Goodman and, and Goodman. I mean, all these like small parts. And Kyle Chandler. Yeah, yes. of course. Right. It, this, this movie does it all for me. This is a really good movie. This is, this might crack my top five. It's going to be damn close. Mm. Uh, I, I really love this movie. I, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, should we talk? Uh, Cause uh, Adam Markham was, uh, nominated he was which i thought was a little i think he's great but he's always great uh i don't know that he that didn't make a lot of sense to me he doesn't spend a lot of time in the film he's another one is another one of those situations where you get like five minutes of screen time i said adam Arkham, that's his son oh, I, Chicago. Alan. I, oh. I said should have said alan i, 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 I do that all the time alan? i'm getting I'm, I'm starting to lose uh names a little bit well you're, you talk so fast and you know i i, I heard alan so maybe the entire audience think slow i uh I, <laughs> no but i've been starting to slip on names a bit Really? It's just a tiny bit. Jesus Christ. We've like, only been doing this for like six months and you're well, starting 40, to lose it on me? I've been doing 40 years. Yes, I've been doing, yes, selfish guy I across the mic with. I've been doing, <laughs> doing this with you for six months, but I've been knowing names for 40 years. I've been knowing and names I, my entire life. I've been, I just noticed it's almost like losing two miles off the fastball. I'm like, two I'm like, miles. I'm so like, gaining, eh. you gain weight like a pound a year and you lose like a mile per hour off your fastball every year. No, I never lost mile per hour on my fastball until just now. Like just like in the past year. I'm just slipping a tiny bit. Really? A little, a little bit. Maybe you want to cut down on the uh, 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 alcohol. What do you think about that? I think that I, might I help. I have cut down on the alcohol. <laughs> As I drink one right Seven now. Seven. In a mm, night. So <laughs> um, no, I don't mind. Whatever. I know more names. I know more facts. You know you so ever, many facts. you will ever know your... Yeah. I, you I, tell me. I do. Who does this show? I, yes, I do. Well, I'm glad you're on the show with me. What are you talking I, about? I, I sought your ass out. I was like, Chris, I want to do a podcast I'll with you. I'll be 70 years old, drunk, gambling, <laughs> fucking half. I am going to be still, by your side on your deathbed. No, I'm going to be like, right. you lived a good life, my I'll friend. I'll still know more 55, names, that's acceptable. Facts, <laughs> then you will know at 30. I'll know at 70, fucking half drunk. And it barely, I'll be drooling. I'll be. You a have mess. a very narrow understanding of the world. You have like you, you know facts and a very narrow thing. You know all the baseball teams and you know fucking actors and directors. I know, I know movies, TV, your TV knowledge. 
Who gives a shit? I cut the fucking clock. I cut the cord, bitch. I don't watch TV. You don't know any of my TV. You, your, your TV knowledge Because I, I have a brain, man. I fucking read. I read. I go out and see the world. You read. What are you I've doing? Read more than you. How much TV, how many hours of TV slash movies do you watch a day? I don't watch much TV at all, actually. Slash movies. I know do you watch things. Per I'm day? smart. I know things. Uh, I, I usually watch like one movie a day. Okay, yeah. See, I don't even watch anywhere near that much content. Per what day. do you do that's so great that you're, that makes you so wonderful? Well, you were, the, you were busting my ball, so I'm just giving you a, giving it back right, to you a little yeah. bit. I'm, I'm, my point is, though, for me, my skill set, I'm just, it's, it's a little bit, maybe if people are over 40 can kind of relate. I, yep. I just a little tiny bit with the, yeah, I get it. With the, with the names. You're going to start throwing junk pretty soon then? I'm going to have to. Yeah. Uh, Best supporting actor, Christoph Waltz, one for Django. We've talked about he that before. Awesome. He's not that great in the movie. He's not that great. What do you mean? He's okay. He's really he's good. So he's really good. good in Bastards. He's not as great in Django. I think he's fucking awesome. He's in really Django. good. He's really good. Oh, okay, fine. And Leo too should have won, but whatever. I think Leo should have won. Yeah, maybe. Who didn't even get nominated? I know it's bullshit. I think Leo should have got the nomination regardless. Yeah. Alan Arkin gets nominated for Argo. Yep. He's very good. Despite I, he's, uh, it didn't make sense. No different than Goodman. Exactly. That, 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 that's, a, that's the perfect comp. It's like they, they shared the same amount of screen time, pretty much. And it's a shame that Academy, they were both great. Another, another Academy bias with him. He never gets nominated. That's stupid because Goodman's really good. You know good. why? He's been on TV. That's stupid. You He's just, been in a no, ton of great movies. It is stupid. I agree. But you just said the same. You, your reasoning two minutes ago was why John Goodman doesn't get nominated for Oscars. No, I said that content, TV, movies and theaters. You don't I said movies and theater. Head. You don't have a brain in no, your head. No, I said it, movies and theater. The no, I said, I said both. There's a TV bias. That's uh, stupid. Robert De Niro of Superline's Playbook, who's very good, obviously. Very, yeah, like yeah, exactly. I have this movie, and I know I, it keeps coming up. I'm going to have to watch it. I've been holding off for the right time, but Philip Seymour Hoffman for The Master. And if you yep. read a lot of film kind of geek blogs, they all say he should have won, not Christoph Waltz. Everyone says Hoffman should have won for The Master he was that good. year. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah. I, I like the film. It's not my favorite. But you think is he? Isn't he really good at? The, is it, I heard he's like exceptional in it. He's good, but I don't. I I don't. I still think Waltz is better. It's like one of my rainy day movies. I've been saying. I'm going to be disappointed, aren't I? Um, it's pretty good. And then Tommy Lee Jones for Lincoln, who's fine in that movie. But I mean, I what are we doing here? The fact yeah. that he got nomination for DiCaprio is insane. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Arkin is nominated. I mean, uh, the problem is no one else from this film could really get. Um, a, a supporting actor. Nomination. I think Cranston's better than either of those guys. Right, but Cranston's still only in the film for five Once minutes again, too. It's, and also it's, TV it's, bias. Oh, yeah, there's that. Has Cranston never been nominated? For an Oscar? I don't believe he's so. He's been right? in a bunch of films. Lately, yeah, he has been. I don't believe he's ever been nominated for an Oscar. Mm, no. Yeah, I don't know. They but, keep, they keep, he keeps trying. He does movies that that you'd think would yeah, uh, maybe yeah. once again it's like fi- he's in the film for five minutes it should Affleck should have been nominated in this oh film. absolutely that's the problem that is a problem yeah but he's pretty much the only one the only because even no one else share like they each kind of equally they have they five won't minutes give, they won't give him an acting nomination it's bullshit they'll be damned because how it works is the actors vote for that so oh, when it comes yeah. to the specialty awards let's say sound yeah. mixing whatever that's usually voted on by sound mixers well, that makes sense. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, the craft. Um, or at least the nomination process, especially. And then the voter, I'm sorry, the nomination process is that. And then voters can then vote for, I believe you get like a ballot. Oh, so actors didn't want to fucking nominate. The actors aren't going to nominate him. Right. Fuck those guys. That's stupid. He's never gotten an acting nomination. That's it. I mean, he was great in the town. That didn't get anything really. No. There's a lot of jealousy with him. There's a lot of things with him. Maybe he's more of a, a douche than, than... Yeah, I know he has an alcohol problem and maybe he's hard to work with. I don't know. I know I, 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 I've only heard that he's decent to work with. Maybe he is. I don't know. But I, I, I just... There's something there and maybe he... Maybe he... Because Matt Damon gets a like lot... Because he's had major alcohol and drug issues. Yeah. Especially alcohol. Major alcohol issues. Yeah. Like, 
So maybe he's gotten to some parties and maybe he's been, a, I'm just totally, obviously totally. But he's never been like accused of anything. Me too wise. I don't think he, one small thing. He did like a uh, MTV thing and he kind of grabbed oh, this, yeah. grew up yeah, this girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, not great, but, it, but he's right. There's never been like a major, like no, right. Never like a Harvey Weinstein no. type. Some people are taking maybe him and Damon, maybe turned a blind eye to some of Harvey Weinstein. Should oh, be more well, aggressive. Yeah. But you could say the same thing about Tarantino. Exactly. I mean, and they Jesus have. Christ. Yeah. And they should. And, and they have. Yeah. Um, but Tar- um, that's, that's the one that's most offensive for me because Tarantino has so much power and he seems like a, like a decent guy. Yeah, I know. I know. That's a tough and he stuck me. up for, I know, like Mira Sorvino yeah, got shit. Right. He, he went, yeah, I know. He it, should it's, have. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a difficult spot it is. for these guys, too. I'm not trying to defend them, but no. it's, a, it's a, yeah. But, but Matt Damon gets let in to this Matt Damon to, has nominations up yeah, exactly. to the ass with right. stuff. So why it's does weird. an athlete get him? It is odd. There's a real weird, so there, I shouldn't say never, because this year is going to be possibly the litmus test for this, right? So he's in this movie called The Way Back. Um, which came out in February. It was one yeah, of the few movies released in theaters. That's a basketball one? Basketball one, yeah. yeah. Um, and in a normal year, when you had a full slate of films, that might not get a nomination. But with it being kind of a truncated year, they know they have kind of extended it, I believe. I think they pushed it out so even movies that come out in February, I think, are eligible. There's Still, a lot yeah. of weird rules going on around. The no one really figured it out. And anything streaming is going to be eligible as well for this year only. Usually what happens is you can... Let's say it was like a, with uh, what's that movie that came out? Roma, right? It came out and it had to play in like or Irishman had to play in a couple of theaters and just then, so I could get the, just to get the quality. I did not like Roma. I haven't seen it. Didn't I, like it. I, I was kind of like eh, it just didn't appeal to me. I it's never, not. It's fucking bored the shit out of me. Just seems so boring. Yeah, it's boring. Um, but they did that just to kind of get. But I guess they because the pandemic they've removed that technicality this year. Right. But there is been there's been a lot of buzz for Affleck to get a nomination for that movie because it hasn't. There's just not a lot of competition, and I sure. guess he's quite good in it. Haven't seen it yet. So I wonder if this is the year. If he doesn't get it this year, then we will have proof that the Academy fucking hates Ben Affleck. Yeah. That huh? seems very strange. Yeah. So, you know, just so you know, too, for, for me, uh, if you're a movie geek like me, um, I usually wait until the end of the year to watch a lot of the movies that come, like, especially, like, obviously I'll go to the movies during the year, but especially in this case, the pandemic stuff. Sure. I've been kind of holding off on seeing stuff. So you can kind of have them fresh in your mind. With the, nominated. Yeah. I kind of want to see, like, I just want to, like, I don't want to just go watch some random Netflix movie. If it's kind of, yeah. I kind of like, I need some, especially where I've been doing so many stuff. So many movies for this and the blog and other stuff. So I'm trying to actually like, but I, once those movies are, I will see all the Academy award nominated movies. Yeah. You know, I definitely will. I'll go on a little bit of a run there. You need to go through uh, the W 007 shit too. You need to go through every, yeah, like I've been all saving, those new ones. Daniel Craig ones. Yeah. yeah Cause I, cause I've this year Sky, Skyfall was nominated this year for D De- cause Deacons did the, the, um, Oh, Jesus. For Sky, yeah. Skyfall's beautiful film, dude. It's a beautiful film. You should see that. That, that it got some um, buzz even to get it. That almost got like a, a Dark Horse nomination. It wouldn't have won for Best uh, Picture, but with the 10 nominations, yeah. there was talk at the time it could have snuck in. Yeah, I, I mean, all those films, the you know, the the, um, the modern 007s are, are really great. Skyfall's the best one. It's, it's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's a really I, good one. I've only heard good things. I, I haven't not seen, I've only not seen them just because know, I've been saving I know, them. I know, so I know. it's been, been in my back pocket for sure. Maybe we'll hit them too. Um, so, that would be awesome. Oh, we have not plugged your blog though. Yet, which we should. You're doing a movie blog. Yes, I am. Uh, GreatestFilmBracket.com. Um, and it's, uh, what I'm doing is I took 100. I think we talked about it a little bit on the show, but it is Did up we? and running now. Yeah. Uh, we took, uh, I took uh, the 123 movies that were nominated for AFI's top 100 list. So there was a 100 list that came out in 1998. Yep. And there was a revisionist list that came out in 2007. And if you put those movies together, there's 123 total. So, so, you know, obviously some movies dropped off, some movies were added on. And I put in a giant bracket which, uh, because, you know, bracket that size would be 128 movies. So five movies get a buy. Yep. So, you know, like the Godfather gone with the wind, 
Citizen Kane, Flake and Ayo too. But those, top five. Those movies got, was, got yeah. automatically advanced. Right. And then, um, and then I go through them uh, matchup by matchup. So the first matchup is uh, Forrest Gump versus Duck Soup. Yep. And when is this movie coming out? Saturday? I think this, this, oh, uh, this, this episode is Saturday. Yeah. yeah but, so that, so is that Friday? So, is that Friday? Yeah. So yeah, I come every Friday. So I'll, you guys already know Forrest Gump won. So I watched both movies and I compared the two and I'm yep. like, all right, which one is the better movie? And then I read like a 500 to thousand word essay on it. And then I put it up. So it's just, you know, it's, 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 if you love movies and it gives me opportunity to talk about a lot of classic movies that we aren't going we'll to talk about here. And those AFI lists are so biased toward old movies. Yeah. So, uh, it's kind of fun to go through and kind of see like what age well, what didn't age well, you know, to see like an old, I hadn't seen duck soup, so to see never it, seen an it. old Marx brothers movie was right. kind of fun. Um, and Mark and duck soup wasn't bad. Uh, Forrest Gump's not great. But I do give the reasons why in the blog of like why I choose one or the other, and then um and then, yeah, I do one match every week. It's yeah, fine. yeah, I love it. It's good. All right, read it. Shall we go on? Yes. So this is Locked Out of Heaven by Bruno Mars. You said, uh, did you say in the last episode that you were walking around New York and you had heard this all, all, this, all, all the time? All the time. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I think I'm really lucky because I was not, I, you know, I wasn't listening to pop music and I guess I wasn't in a play. I was back here in New Hampshire, so it's not like I was walking through an urban area where you'd hear a lot of like right. activity and life and music and stuff, you know, from cars or, or from shops or whatever. So I'm definitely familiar with the song, but I'm certainly not sick of it because it just didn't. I'm not sick of it. I, I, I also, I'll be honest with you, I don't listen to Bruno Mars. In my, like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, me neither. I, I, don't, I, I do. So I'll, I'll come out. I like the song. It's I a, like the song. a very good pop song. Yeah, very good pop song. Um, but I haven't heard this song since then. So like when I hear it now, though, it brings back so many memories of me being in New York because I haven't heard it since then. Yeah. And, it's, and this is a time in New York when it was like really good for me. So like hearing that song, I'm probably biased toward it because it's a really good time in my life. So, you know, I have like, Songs have so much emotion tied to them that even they movies do. don't, you know? Yeah. Because you just hear them so much in your day-to-day, and um, it just brings you back. Yeah, you get Songs the vibe are so where powerful yep. in that way, you know? Yep. Uh, Bonnie Vare, um, the album for Emma Forever Ago. Uh, so uh, one of the best things e- anybody ever said to me was create a St. Vincent um, uh, Pandora station, you know, when Pandora was, a th- I, mean, it's still, I think it's still out there, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I was listening to a lot um, in, you know, right after 2010 or 2011. So, because of that station, a lot of my favorite music came up, including Bonnie Vare. And um, so I, I, I would hear him on that that Pandora station all the time. And I, I have such a vivid memory of listening to For Emma Forever Ago, that album, walking through Berkeley in this like, they uh, Berkeley every week would have this huge, kind of a bazaar, would have like this huge like outdoor, um, you know, kind of a, a farmer's market, but big, way bigger than that. I can't remember what street it was on. It was either Telegraph or one of the big streets. And just like, like you could walk this thing for 45 minutes and not be out of it. It was just crowds of people. And I, I just had my headphones on listening to that album. And it fucking brings me back there. Whenever I listen did to it, every single time you, people yell at you for taking pictures. No, they did not. No, so it wasn't no. like the bizarre. I was not, okay. not, okay. not like that. I was a lot oh. more subdued, ready, ready, but ready, ready. yeah. Oh, is that number two? I know it's number two. Cause I'm looking right at you. Yeah. You drink that. <laughs> so I asked the question, pound it. No, I don't do that. Drink. Savor it. It's about, it's about enjoying. It's about the journey, my friend. I've, we've had this discussion. Like the journey, the journey down the bazaar when you're listening to fucking Bonnie Bear. Anyway, but it does that. It brings you back. It's like such it really a. Does. It's like a smell kind of does that too. It's like, wow, you just snapped right back into uh-huh. to nostalgia. Not that one. Fuck. 
Keep it contained. Um, so, uh, so this is Bruno Mars born Peter Jean Hernandez in Hawaii. Um, and, uh, the album that this is from is unorthodox jukebox. It's the second album. Um, it, uh, it hit number one. The album hit number one, the song hit number one, um, the album hit number four for the year on the hot 200. So that, that means album sales. The thing sold, the song sold something like 10 million copies album sold like 8 million copies. This is a huge monster hit for him. For him. Um, this is in his early career. Bruno Mars had a record deal when he was pretty young. Oh, did you know? Did you look back and see that he was like six years old on the Arsenio Hall show? I'm going to tweet that shit out. I didn't see the video. You had the video in? Yeah. I found, oh, I, cool. I'll, I'll tweet oh, it out. I didn't see the video. Yeah. Did I, you, like, I, I read, you read about it, it, but yeah. It's kind of funny because I remember that performance. So he was no. like, yes, I do. I totally, I, I would watch Arsenio Hall show all the time. Why? I don't know. It was on. I, I, I watched it. You suck. Do I? Eh, you could have watched Carson. Woo, woo, woo. I wasn't a big Carson guy. Don't be disappointed. So, sorry to hear that. I, I'm sorry, Johnny. I, didn't, Matt, I don't know what I'm Matt, saying. Matt Carano, you can yeah. go fuck yourself. What? Argo, fuck yourself? Argo, fuck yourself. <laughs> no, seriously. Really, I hope you die. I, I appreciate that. Well, you are already dead, um, but thank you for speaking to me from <laughs> beyond the grave. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, rem- I remember it. It's so you, you might remember it too. You'll see it. It kind of, I'm it's not kind of iconic. I didn't watch a lot of Arsenio. Uh, yeah, but the, I, I, it was iconic. So he did, when he was a kid, he would do, um, you know, in like shows, at, impressions uh, um, of uh, of the king, you know, yeah. all, all around Hawaii. And well, then, it's a sad story because he was like, you know, obviously a child star, sure, yeah, you yeah, know, on some was. level, yep. especially in Hawaii, you know. And then, you know, a few years later, he's homeless. That I know, sucks. I know, I know. That's gonna be even like a harder fall than it is, you know. Yeah, but he had like the gene, like he had the performance gene. He's not amazing as a six year old doing Elvis songs, but he's pretty, he's he really good for his age. If he's on a national, yeah. I mean, you know, right. we're joking around about a scenario, but I mean, it's still a national show in LA. Absolutely, right. Like, yeah. You know, it's not going to fly anyone out there. No, of course not. Um, but he does go to, to uh, LA in his like late teens, early twenties. Cause he wants to, he wants a career, um, gets a record deal. They drop him a year later and like basically, you know, kind of tries to like make it happen. Eventually does sell a song. Can't remember to, to who for like 20 K and it like, it gives him, sort of a little bit of uh, a little bit of cushion where you yeah. can kind of work on it. Then gets re-signed. Um, first album goes out, sells like 8 million copies. He's big. Then this is the second one. So that's kind of the He's super situation. talented. He's really talented. He, he is very, he reminds me a lot of Justin Timberlake. Like they Gosh. kind of have a, they no, but they have a very parallel situation. Both can dance, are great entertainers. Have, I know you don't like Timberlake's voice, but Timberlake does have a very good voice stylistically very similar to, and they do have kind of a range stylistically, like a lot of dance songs, of course, but can do ballads, can try like different, um, like you think of bringing sexy back, like that's an interesting song. It's like not a very normal kind of pop singer song, but it's actually a really great one and was a hit. It's similar to Bruno Mars here where he does, he'll do like sort of the bat, the R and B kind of ballads, and then he'll do some real up tempo shit. He'll do 80 shit. He'll do reggae shit. Um, I, I feel like a lot of parallels between the two. But, I, think, I think Bruno's a lot, a lot better. But I mean, but then again, Justin, yeah. Justin's had a bigger career. So I mean, no, he has know. not. He has not. You and mean, we'll get record to that. sold or yeah, we'll like, get to but, that. But, but, I mean, Justin Timberlake's had a better career. Well, he's been on movies. Yeah, he, I mean, he's going to be remembered more than Bruno Mars will. He he was very bigger strange. Name. He's a bigger name. Bruno Mars has outsold him like two to one record wise. What? Yeah, Bruno Mars has a hundred three records, hundred and thirty million albums sold. Bruno Mars. He's only made like. Three records, though, right? Or is that counting anything he ever like appeared on? Million. I don't know. I like to. I don't know. I question those numbers a little bit. Is okay. Because doesn't he kind of put his 
he does. does. A lot of pots. He's yeah, only, he he's does. only made like three albums of him. Yes, for for him. Yeah, 130 million albums, dude. Justin Timberlake's got like 80. Is that counting in sync stuff though? Yeah, but yeah. No. Yeah. So Justin Timberlake's not 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 only been in sync and his own. He's also been on other other people's right. records. It was kind of a very similar situation between the two of them. That's really that's. I question those numbers. Well, you're gonna have to look it up. I, I have, You also I said haven't. you also said the last episode of Fleet Fleet Foxes. Listen, was, I was can be like huge thing. I can be wrong once. <laughs> you're wrong a lot. Fleet yeah. Fox. Oh, Fleet Foxes. Like, no one's ever fucking heard of them, dude. I've heard of them barely. Like, no one's heard of them. Oh yeah, they're bigger than the Lumineers. No, they're not. I think we already like. Do we already fucking did this on Twitter? Do we have to do this again? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ! On the second show. I know I was wrong. I That's said I was wrong. I questioned those numbers a little bit. Okay, whatever. We'll get okay. to those later. But um, I, well, uh, that's an interesting comparison, though, because yeah. they both are. Yeah, they both done the Super Bowl. They both done the Super, and they're both like. It sounds corny. I know it's an old phrase, but it's true with these guys. They're like song and dance man. They are, you know, and it, like it is kind of a. Uh, it's kind of gone by the wayside. Sort of a lost art. But yeah. When you see it come back, and as much as I, I'm not a big Timberlake fan, whatever, I can definitely understand he's, you know. He's talented he's in a talented. way that I don't, I, he seems very phony to me, so it doesn't really work, work for me. But he, there's a talent there, I get it. But Bruno Mars, like he did the halftime show. It's one of my favorite halftime shows of his. I don't know that I remember it, but. It was uh, the one that was in New York. It was the it was a year exactly from, from this week. Yeah. It was the next year, it was the Harlem Super Bowl between the Seahawks and the Broncos. The Seahawks oh, right. wiped it forward them. Yeah, destroyed them. It was that Super Bowl, and he did a great halftime show. He's really good. He's it was, very talented. Him and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Remember that one at all? I may have seen it, but yeah, I, I... He was really good. I, I don't usually watch the Super Bowl unless the Pats are in. I just don't give a shit that much. That's what? That's dumb. I don't care about the Super Bowl. It's like a pop culture thing, though. Yeah, but I don't care. Uh, and that, usually, the actually, usually the halftime performances are piss poor. Well, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. It's Very kind of rare. Usually, actually, even the people, the like the, the ones that people really love, like the Prince one, not good. It was not oh, good. come on, It dude. wasn't good. He didn't play well. He didn't sing well. It didn't sound good. It, it was that was a not good that was not for, good for a guy Paul to, McCartney was actually a good one so yeah actually it was yeah it was great yeah. it was awesome oh, oh U2 my God. was great U2 Bruce was Springsteen okay. was great Spring, uh, Springsteen was okay you know for a guy in a pop culture podcast your pop culture takes suck today you think so awful horrible day for you why don't you uh, tell me what you really think Johnny <laughs> well yeah uh, <laughs> or go fuck yourself yeah, or, or go <laughs> <laughs> no the, um, no it is, it is interesting comparison between Bruno and, I, I and think, Timberlake yeah, for sure yeah seems pretty apt yeah. um so this song, though, that, here's my problem with him. He's super derivative. Super derivative. Anything, how, how, like, what do you mean? Like. Oh. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he'll even admit it, though, with this song. He did, and he should, but it's not just this song. Like, a lot of them are. So there's this there, and then, you know, and it's kind of, it's kind of that and. Right, because it's the core yeah. progression of this, yeah. but the guitar yeah. comp of the other one, yeah. which um, you've probably seen, or you, maybe you've seen, you've heard the mashup. Oh, I don't know if I have. Who did this? Do you know who this? Mashup? I don't know who did the mashup, but this sounds sick. I'll tweet it up. This yeah, great. it does. Yeah, but you can. I mean, I message in a bottle. Like this. I love this. Yeah, it's cool, but you can see where the. But it doesn't sound that like it sounds like a like a. It's, it, it works sounds like it, it works hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 a good one. Um, but also <laughs> But this is okay, can I defend him? Yeah, of course you can, yeah. So I think I look at this song, even the video is shot this way, it's shot with the VHS yep. camcorder. This is kind of a tribute. This song is kind of like a homage to early eighties 
you know, that, that Prince Michael, which was big in say 82 to 85 sound. That's what this song is kind of like is supposed to be. I, 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 and it's fun. No. Okay. Listen, I like the song. The song is super catchy. It's really well done. I it's love the guitar. Music should be. I love the I love the guitar comp. The amp, amp, like I love that. I love the sound of the guitar. But it is a direct ripoff of the Police. Like it is the tone. It is it is uh, Andrew Summers' tone with the exact comp. Like everything is exact. Is it's it's it is the it's the Police, and which is fine. I like it, but it's it's not like it's something new. I mean, it's definitely it's very derivative. Even this even his vocal his vocal performance is very. Um, it, it's message in a ball. It's very similar. Yeah, I can't argue that. I, yeah. I, I almost wish the whole, I almost, I love the police so much. I don't, Me too. and this is, this does sound, Matt's entirely right. This sounds like the police if they were today. Like, you know what I mean? Like 2000, whatever, 2013 police. Yeah. I almost wish there was a whole album of it. I, I know, I, I would more. love it too. I, I would really love police, it. Yeah. I think in my life. Here's the, the other one is the woes. Like, that's so police. That's fucking stink. The woe woes. That, that I mean, um, and then, so another example. Another example. This is a great song, though. Great song, but that's more stay in the time, a hundred percent. This that the woo woo and like the keyboard, wah, wah, that keys that is one hundred percent more stay. But who do you blame? You don't blame him because you blame Mark Ronson, right? Because this is this that no, Funk is all Ronson supposedly. It's Ron. Yeah, it's but it's a collaboration. You're right. And Ronson had his hand in this as well. Did he? In this I didn't song. see that yeah, in the, in the writing credits, credit but on that oh, album. he did, okay. Yeah. I don't know how involved he was. But that song, Up Down Funk, that is supposedly, that's like Mark Ronson's baby. Like he did, that, that's him. I know it's Mark Ronson featuring uh, Bruno Mars. Yeah. Like I get that. Um, I st- he's still on it though. I mean, he's that a is, big name I and mean, he knows what he's doing. So, he I, does. you know, we're not yeah. gonna, he's not some like naivete. No, right, no, right. right. Yeah. 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 And he had options. I mean, it's a great song though, man. It is an I mean, awesome song, but I love Morris Day. It's just the same thing. I love the police. So I love that song. I love Morris Day. So I love that song. Well, if you're gonna rip people off, at least yeah, rip from <laughs> the best. The right people. It's better. Um, the but as I was looking into it, it's like more. Just it just it, there was a lot. It was just a lot, a lot of derivative, and so much so the the per. I, I hope that someday we'll get to him. But Lenny Kravitz is like the king of this for me. He is he is the most derivative of any of the artists out there. And but but this 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 is creeping up into that territory. All right. So for argument's sake, people mm. say, all right, this this is, you're saying that he's ripping off the police with this song. I, I can't really argue. It is, yeah, it's, I can't, it's I can't, direct ripoff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people criticize the police for ripping off certain sounds. Yeah, I mean, he's, they have a reggae sound, but right. not, they and don't- there's sound, a lot of shit for that. But they don't sound anything like that. Like, it's faster. It's up, most of their stuff is, is um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's the the reggae style is really the base in the kit in, in the police. It's, um, it's- yeah, it's those two things. I am playing devil's advocate. I completely agree. I think the police yeah. have a unique sound. I, they I think do. that's, I think that's I mean, a bullshit criticism. Yeah, you can but it is right. a criticism that is out there about them, though. Some You're people right. do feel that way. Yeah, fuck them. I mean, if they I do. Agree. Yeah, because yeah. the police are police amazing. Are yeah. Um, this song is really good. I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Obviously, no, I'm a it's sucker. good. You know, I, I like me, it. Me and you are both early 40s, so we grew up with this sound. Yep. So there's any, nostalgia attached to Right. So anytime it's going to go throw back to that, we're going to probably like it more than we should. Yep. Probably the case here. Um, I think it's a great pop tune. It's just it's a great. Pop. I'm less he's annoyed. Super fun, man. He is super fun. No, he's great. He's really good. He has he has a very strong voice. Great performer. It's recordable. It's it's a great song. Um, I am way less annoyed with him than Lenny Kravitz. Like Lenny Kravitz yeah. really pisses me off because of what he does. Bruno Mars. Yeah. Has he? Um, 
under-accomplished. 130 million albums sold. I mean, that's He's only crazy. done three albums. Yeah, I, I think... He's 35 now. Right, but he didn't... I th- okay, so the so he struggled for a while, like the first probably five or six years of his career. Um, no, yeah, first like five years of his career. So he didn't... The, the first album didn't come out until he was mid-20s. Yeah, he, he does he go a long albums, time. He does albums every four years. You're right, that's too... Yeah. I guess supposedly he's working on an album right now. Yeah. Um. So, but there's been kind of... But it sounds like he really is, so we'll probably see something either very late this year or early next. But... I mean, yeah, it's not, that's not a lot. You should do one. I mean, every, it used to be, you know, 40 years ago, people would try to do them every year. Every year. And that's hard right. to, it's hard, it's hard to, to keep, keep up. up. Plus yeah. albums were shorter back then too. Yes, they were. I feel like albums are longer now. Yeah. Um, but right. I think it's radio airplay is a big deal. So you'd want to always be on the radio. Yeah. So like by the time your last single popped, you want to have a new, for that album, you want to have your first single for the new album yeah. pop. That's just how it worked. Radio airplay is big. Right. Not the case anymore. I get it. But four years is a big because I think he's it always is. he's always dipping his toe in other areas. He, I think he he just seems like I don't know. I, yeah, because if you think about it, those you know those three albums, maybe it's forty songs to, like total. Right. It's not it's not a lot. It's, it's not, not very prolific. But he is helping to produce other albums, or he's on other albums. I don't know. Yeah, I, wanna, I, I would get like sick of that. I want to do my own music. That third album didn't have the same oomph the first two did. It won like it, it was nominated for like seven Grammys. Sure, or something. but I mean like popularity. Yeah, wise. probably. And yeah. I, also, I, I'm also older, so I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't a huge hit. It was, but I'm just I'm wondering though. Once you start getting past, th- you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Now four years after that album, which wasn't as huge as the second album. Yep. Which is the one we're talking about today. You know, at some point, do you kind of lose it? Yeah, you do. You know, like that has a shelf life too. Like if you think about, you know, Prince is the ultimate performer or was the ultimate right. performer. Huge, amazing voice, great guitar player, awesome band, super tight music, and he's dancing like fucking James Brown doing splits on stage. You can't do that. And he did, and he ran against like ninety two, right? It was what he said ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, like that's when it's, it's you can't it didn't work anymore, Prince, and it doesn't work. Well, like, and he's all ho- he was all hopped up on all sorts of pain meds because your joints can't handle that type of. Situation. But it also just like you lose your edge. Yeah, you do. You like do. he just wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't. Like I'm sorry, but we, we talked about uh, yeah. yeah one album that I actually had, yeah the seven album right, yeah which is which, which is, is great. simple yeah it's a great album but then the one after that it, just, yeah, it, it loses it. After yeah. That, and he's never the same again. Like, yep. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Bruno, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like Bruno Mars. That type of performer is is the, is hard. That window closes. It does. Yeah, it's different if you're like a singer songwriter or something like Bruce even Springsteen. You can do that for a while. You can, right? Yeah, right. I hear what you're saying from a live performance, but even yeah. like even Bruce. Though, I mean, his relevancy. You're you're really Madonna. I don't care how great you are. It's only so long. It's right. Eventually. I know. I just, yeah. I think it's the, it's the pop. It's like the straight up pop people don't only have a certain amount of shelf because that sound changes. And you're not going to be as good. I love the Rolling Stones. I'm a huge Rolling Stones fan. Yeah. Huge. So they're obviously hyper relevant in the 60s. And because they're so talented and they're so dark and so great, they, they were able to be hyper relevant in the 70s. Until the 80s even. Right. So yeah. you have those first couple albums in the 80s that work. But then by 86, just that album that came out, it doesn't work. Yeah. And it, like, I actually don't mind some of the early 90s stuff. Like, don't when's, mixed, when's Mixed Emotions? Is that 80? 80? 81, right? That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Was um, that that early? Yeah, there's another one that came out in 83. I remember the Love is Strong song, and I was like, I almost barfed. That's really nice. I wanted to barf all over I don't mind that. Oh, it's such a bad song. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's great. Love is Strong. But I'll throw it on the... Also, I just love just their sound. Like, the voice. Like, it's just just great to me. So I'll throw it on... I gotta go back to them. I gotta go back to the Rolling Stones. I skipped them. I skipped them. Oh, dude. I did. And it, not for any reason. Like I, I know their hits, and I like a lot of their songs, but I, I really skip them. I should. I gotta listen to it. I, I, Sticky I mean, fingers I'll, is that the one? What's that? Sticky fingers. Sticky fingers is, is good. Um, Which one do I gotta go? Exile Main Street is. Oh, let it bleed. That is fantastic. I mean, there's just there. You know, Exile Main Street is there's just there's a lot of all right. Options. I gotta go. Back. Um, yeah, and even like Flowers, which is not 
uh, every now and then it has like out of time on it, which is like my favorite Rolling Stones song ever. So mm. I'm partial to that. So this is a lot of just, I don't know, Rolling Stones are great, but like, but even them, as talented, as great as they are, even they, everyone runs out of gas. Yeah, you gotta peak. Like, I don't care how, yeah, you're who done. you are. Like eventually that window shuts. Yep. And you're right, for the Stones, I love the early 90s stuff. You know, you hear Kirk Minahan on the Kirk Minahan show talk about like, you know, uh, he still loves Bruce. No, I mean, who listens to Bruce? I mean, what are we doing yeah, here? Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, no, he, right. he has a huge fan base. Obviously, he's sold out Broadway. Of course. like that, yeah. but, but like, you know, he's not, he's not getting new. It's a niche It's not new audience. fans anymore. Now it's just right. the older fans that are hanging on. Yeah. And just like the Stones, I mean, you know, no one who was listening to like Love is Strong was a new Rolling Stones no. fan. So it's just the old ones hanging on. Yeah. And that's going to happen to Bruno Mars. I can't imagine there's a lot of like tweens that are anxious to the new Bruno Mars. Are they? I don't know. Are, maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe they are. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to ask the people, you know, some of our younger fans. When you wait for, we have a lot of tween fans listening to this fucking no, show. No, no, no. But like maybe mid twenties, they ask might have a better kids. You're going to, you know, that would tell us. Yeah, I guess. No one listening to this show is, is in the mid twenties, in their mid twenties. Maybe. That, but I mean, but I think you have but to be, they know, like, you but they be younger. Like Bruno Mars. They would. I think. Cause they grew up with them. 10 years like, ago. Yeah. 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 But like, I see that. Someone who's like 16, 19 now. Yeah. Isn't going to know. They're him, not going to know. Him. Right. I don't think so. Or are they going to like love him like they like someone who's twenty five well, does? Well, if they see him on are are like awards ceremony like the American Music Awards or any of those, the Grammys or those. You think still a lot relevant? of sixteen year olds watching no, the I'm Grammys? A, I, I was actually honestly ask, asking, are they watching those no, awards? They're they're not. Give a shit. Those demos in those shows those aged so high. The skew so they? high. Oh no! Even with people shit. like Demi Lovato on there, like newer yeah, younger I mean, the, artists, the people who watch it they just confused. Like, those those, yeah. de- those shows are not demo. Like American Music Awards, Grammys, any award show demo is super old. Are they? Yeah. I mean, I don't watch them either, but TV demos old anyway. No, I mean, no, why does he's like, I know you're bragging all these like losers like you brag about <laughs> cutting the cord. So that's what happens is now it's become like almost like anti cool to have cable, but like get, they pay more money than they do for streaming service. It's a whole thing. I mean, I don't, but, uh, right. but that's cause yeah, I you're, am cool. you're doing a great job. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's all I need was a pat on the back from you. Mm. Um, so 130 million records worldwide. I also have the, so I did put together the, the list of top selling artists of all time. Okay. Do you want to, I'm sure you can guess a few of them. Um, what do you think is number one? Well, is, is McCart is like the Beatles. How does that work? We're just talking about ensemble. Not, we're not, not separate. Okay. Not, not separate. So it's Timberlake and NSYNC. It wouldn't, you know, McCartney and the Beatles. It wouldn't be, you know what I mean? No, like, it would just be just the name of the group. Right. Just right. the name of the group. So the Beatles would be there. 600 million. Oh my God. Uh, I imagine Elvis is there. 600 million. Uh, no I, one close to that. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I got, Michael Jackson's got to be in there. 350 million. Okay. He's the next closest. That's All number right. three. You I got, mean, you got three, good, right? You got one, two, three. I feel a little better about myself. Four, four, is, more, four is more difficult. Uh, this, is a, this was a wild card. I wouldn't have oh, known. Oh, really? I wouldn't oh. Know, well, I mean, super popular. Can you give me a decade? Or, a guy. Very, uh, most famous in the 70s. Oh, a guy most famous in the 70s. Yep. It's not my guy. No, it's not. But not your guy, but it's the other guy. I was going to say Paul Simon. It's not, it's not, oh, sorry, okay. I, th- I thought you meant your guy. Your guy. Uh, I don't know who. Elton John. Oh, you're Billy Joel and John. Right, okay, right, right. So 300 million. Yes. So he's number four, which is crazy. Um, first woman on the list, number five. Madonna. Yeah, exactly. 300 million. Yeah. Then the first British band. Oh, no, Ellen's British. First British the band. Beatles are also, uh, may, may have been from England. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yes. Good, good call. <laughs> Third British uh, invade. Um, the who? No. The Stones? My Stones? No, Led Zeppelin. Uh, 300 million. Uh, and then the youngest. See, Led Zeppelin. You know what's funny about Led Zeppelin? I love Zeppelin. I never, love them. I never think of them as British. 
Oh, really? You, you know think what of I mean? as an American? Because they're more. Because they came mm. after the British invasion. Yeah, they did. And I, I know. Not I, long I know, after, though. Not long. I know long. they are British, obviously. I know that, like, intellectually. But I never think of them as a British band. Because I wonder when Zeppelin's probably late 60, 68, maybe. But Beatles were yeah. 62-ish, 61, well, yeah, 62. Well, yeah, the whole thing, like, Herman yeah, Herman. Right. had all these guys yeah. come over, including, I guess, the Stones, technically. They kind of yeah. came to town a bit. But we had all these, like, British bands Not long over. after, but you're right. Right. You're right. It is after. It's sort of yeah. that next little wave. Um, Next one's the youngest female. I'll tell you, Rihanna, 250 I million. Guess I, was, I, was, you say, I would guess like Celine Dion. Yeah, 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 yeah. 250 million. Wow. Then Pink Floyd, 250, which makes sense. Dark Side of the Moon was huge and the wall was huge. Yeah. Love Pink. I love the Dark it's Side like of the Moon. Eagles had a huge album though and everything. Eagles are up there, but they're like 10th, 200 million. So you got Pink Floyd, then Eminem at 220 million first rap. Wow. Taylor Swift, 200. Ugh. Mariah Carey, 200. Yeah. Then my guys, Queen, 200. Whitney Houston, 200. I, that seems crazy that uh, that Mariah Carey has outsold Whitney Houston. I guess maybe she's, maybe Mariah's, I guess, live no, longer. No, it's, it's not, though. I think they're, they're uh, Whitney's, Whitney's window is shorter than you think. It was shorter, yeah. She was famous for a long time, but after she got into drugs, she really... Yeah, the, she didn't do much else. The, the wheels came off the really wagon. Really kind of after, I guess after Bodyguard, and then it was kind of done. Yeah, like how many, like... Whitney but Bodyguard's and, one of the biggest, remember yes, we talked about this before, it's a huge yes, album, like yeah, 30 million right. or something, 40 million. Then Celine Dion at 200, ACDC at 200. Oh, that's surprising to me. No, they're huge. That, I know they're, they're no, huge, no, but, but Jesus. That makes sense. Um, and Longevity then, as well. And then your Rolling Stones at 200. Um, the weirdest one on this list is this guy. I don't know. It almost sounds like sticks to me, but it's not. You would never, I would never know this band. This is a hundred million album selling artist. They're number 50 on this list. They're from Japan and they're called Bees. B apostrophe Z. What the fuck? I don't know. We're not from hundred million. You know, they're big. They're big. They, I don't know what that means. Yeah, but a hundred million. They probably wonder who the fuck, you know, whatever. They uh, are not wondering who the Beatles are. No, but who, well, yeah, but that's not 50th though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I what, know, but a hundred million albums. They, they probably don't know who the fuck Kenny Rogers is or whatever. Whatever it's equal. You gotta know when to hold them, bitch. Yeah, we know that, but they don't know that. Yeah, they know, they know Kenny. Well, yeah. I don't know where Kenny is on the list. I didn't look. All right. Uh, I think that the top selling though is, um, oh, what's his face? Garth Brooks. I think he oh. has like 150 million. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Chris Gaines in that list. Oh, Jesus no. Christ. I remember that like fucking album picture of him kind of sideways with his like hair. Similar soul face. patch to you. Did he have a soul pad? Yes. I mean, not as good as mine. mine no, no, not as good. No, 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 nowhere near. Um, so that's it. Bruno Mars. It's a good song. Yeah, we like the song. Not it won't crack. Won't crack my top five. Personal story. You said this was a long one, right? It is a little bit long. We're gonna have a long episode today. Before we do, I made me feel better myself. Give me a uh, a year. I want to say who the World Series winner was. Any year in the twentieth century. Any year in the twentieth century. Sure. Uh, Nineteen thirty-one. Uh, that was the oh, it was the Philadelphia A's. Was it really? I believe so. Look it up. I believe it was the Philadelphia A's won that. Playing catcher. I think it's Mickey Cochran. But um, I could be wrong. I think the, he's the Tigers. The no. St. Louis Cardinals no. beat the Philadelphia A's in the nineteen thirty one World Series. Losing your fastball, bitch. Oh my god, I feel horrible. You should. You that was the feel- gas house gang, Frankie Fierce. I have no idea. Guys. I mean, yeah. you, you would know. I don't know the shit. Give me a TV show. 
I'm not giving you a team. I want to name the network. I feel I'm really no, 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 no. You lost. Just fucking wallow in it and give me your personal story. Is it going to be really dark? No, it's not at all. Actually, it's not dark at all. How long uh, is this going to be? Give me, give it's me. It's long. Can it be five minutes? It's not. You're going to sit back, relax. I got to go to bed. Oh, he's so old. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Uh, sit back, relax, crack a cold one. Listen to, listen to Quantum Week. Chris, to tell, you, tell you a story. Tell a little bit of story. Um, you know, so uh, I'm going to kind of explain uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, uh, or at least my experience with it, and kind of how they teach you improv, what that, what that all means. So um, improv was a pretty big part of my life during this decade, the 2010s. So I'm not going to talk about the entirety of improv in my life. I'm going to talk about this one year in particular and kind of take it, you know, as we get each year, I can talk about it. Yep. Um, But 2013 was a huge year for me improv wise, probably my favorite improv year. This was the year I went through the UCB training program. Um, So what that means is each course, 101, 201, 301, 401, each course, uh, so 101 for instance, is eight weeks. Okay. Wow. Um, And you meet every week and then you do a show after it. It's pretty, pretty pretty standard so stuff. you need once a week to practice to rehearse and then once to do the not show to rehearse is that's it's, it's to no be but taught. you know what, is that not what you okay i see you're yeah talking. you're not yeah. rehearsing like the show is as afterthought really honestly the show is to like family and friends and stuff like that how long is the how long is like a yeah uh, the class practice? three hours yeah. okay so you meet right. uh um is like from six to nine right on like a tuesday or something yeah and like you do a show week, on, on friday a, yeah, the show is irrelevant. You're only doing one show. The show is not a, the show is, don't worry about the show. The show is, a, I thought you said a show per week. No, 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 no. You meet once a week, a show at the end of the eight weeks. Oh, I'm sorry. I misheard. Yeah, okay. yeah. So the show is, a, the show is just a thing just to kind of like, to, to, to Give do. Give something to work for. Kind and of. it's cool because you get to perform in the same stage as Amy Poehler and those guys and yeah. everything. So that's pretty cool. But the show itself is, is pretty real. But how UCB, what UCB is, you know, people here, UCB, like, you know, people from San Eli or whatever went to UCB. Uh, you had four people. You had uh, Amy Poehler, who's probably the most, who is the most famous one from yep. SNL. And you have uh, Ian Roberts, Matt Walsh. He's the guy in Veep. Yep. And then Matt Besser. He's done a lot of stuff. Um, those four people were training in Chicago uh, under a guy named Del Close. And Del Close actually ties it to Argo was um, uh, a student with, uh, with uh, Alan Arkin. Really? Alan Arkin was not Adam, a Chicago, no. not Adam. Although I'm sure Adam took classes. Yeah. Uh, Alan, uh, Adam, Alan Arkin, you're doing this to me. Don't do that. please. <laughs> uh, Alan Arkin uh, was a huge improviser in Chicago scene in the sixties. I mean, it makes sense. Really like yeah. naturally funny guy, really, yeah. really gifted. And Del Close was kind of the guy that became the, like the, the great teacher of improv. He kind of learned all these lessons. And he became so like Belushi learned from Del Close. Sure. Uh, Farley, you know, all, a lot of these guys took from Bill Murray. A lot of these guys took from Del Close in Chicago yeah. at, at second city. And that's where those four were the UCB four I mentioned earlier, Amy and those guys were all at UCB and they all decided they want to go to New York and they wanted to bring the UCB kind of knowledge. I'm sorry, the second city knowledge of how to do improv and bring it to New York. Cause how they do improv is different than like, you know, you watch uh, who's lines anyway. Sure. It's a lot of like kind of wacky games. Yeah. Games. It's not what Del Close taught. Del Close taught kind of like a, almost like a, like a half hour or hour long show that is comedy, but it's improv, but it's not all wacky games. It's almost like you're playing a, a character for that half hour, that hour. Sure. Or so play, long form. Right. It's called long form. You're playing either a character, a number of characters over a course of a half hour or hour, which is very different than like, who's on this anyway, where like Wayne Brady is just like trying to write a song. Or, you sure. know, like it's sure, kind sure. of just goofy and funny and quick. Yeah. So, um, so when Amy and those three got to New York, almost, really the only improv kind of around was kind of that short form, wacky stuff you'd find, but it really wasn't much improv at all. So they came over and then like Bobby Moynihan quickly joined them from SNL. Yep. And um, Horatio Sands yep. was also one of the guys who was early adopter as well. And those guys would just kind of go around New York and just like 
do kind of crazy stunts, like uh, they would all point up to a uh, a building, like a, a skyscraper out of yeah. nowhere. And they'd be like, he's going to jump. He's going to do it. And then someone would, you know, one of the four of them or one of that group would then run out of the building and pretend like they worked there and be like, Mike McCormick is going to kill himself. And before long, you had like a hundred people all pointing up, you know, <laughs> and there's no one there. You yeah, know, of course. Yeah, yeah. So like they would do kind of these guerrilla stunts just to like fuck around and just sure. kind of like punk improv or guerrilla, like just fuck around people. And uh, eventually they got enough of like a following and Amy star- started kind of building up her career a little bit. She obviously still had some connections to Chicago with Del Close who was yep. helping them. And she ended up kind of doing some stuff on Conan O'Brien show. She played Andy Richter's little sister. And eventually they got a theater uh, in an abandoned strip club. <laughs> they opened up a theater there uh, and they ended up doing a TV show on Comedy Central called Upright Citizens Brigade in yep. the late 90s. I ran for three seasons. It was a sketch show. It wasn't improv. It was a sketch show. But they built the sketches based on the improv scenes they had. So they would do a funny improv bit and then they would then write a sketch afterwards. Sure. Like it's something that worked out. It's like they have a, a very funny one called Ass Pennies, which is hysterical. Google it. It's funny. It's worth it. It's very, very good. You should um, definitely tweet it out this week. Yeah, great. Yeah, Ass Pennies. It, it's, it's, you can't lose. Um, so then with the money they got from there, they opened up the theater that I was at and it was underneath the supermarket Gristini supermarket uh in chelsea they opened up a theater in the basement of the supermarket <laughs> and they were constantly at war with the supermarket because they would have huge lines for these shows because you have huge names come by and the line would always kind of if you didn't get in line the right way it would cut in front of the door of the supermarket oh, man. and the supermarket people get so the supermarket people hated the improv people i'm know? sure right because just annoying which which fine but uh but you didn't train there you trained at a different building which was kind of near more midtown area it was across street from police station in this like really shitty building and that all uh will make sense if we ever hit the following year um but i trained in this really dumpy building uh and it was great it just felt really just like real and authentic and um the training you get from ucb is amazing that first uh course is basically just kind of learning improv now i had done improv in new hampshire and i'd done some improv in new york we'll talk to if we ever get to 2012 so I had come in kind of experienced. I never got the UCB training and basically UCB is a whole different, it's almost like majorly as compared to like minor, like yeah. to like literally like you don't, the training you get fine, but the training you get at UCB is just eons above. Did you have to audition to get in or do they just take your money? No, they just take your money. Yeah. Uh, one-on-one is take your money. Two-on-one is take your money. So one-on-one is basically improv and the improv philosophy. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but the basic, it all based around this idea of like, yes. And yep. so basically like we'll start a scene and then your seat, your work, you're right. Your job as a, as a scene part of me isn't to be jokey, funny, haha. It's simply just to base off my reality. Cause how improv works is there's no props, there's no costumes, there's no sets. So you're doing everything simply on a black stage, you know? So I might simply say, Hey, I'm a Martian. Oh, and, you are. Oh well, yes. And so yes, you are. And so you build off of oh, that. I see, I see, I see. Oh, so okay, it's, I see. yes, you are a Martian and I'm an astronaut. I got oh, it. cool. You know, and then, or whatever. Um, and then I then build off that. So then you're an astronaut. I never say, no, you're not an astronaut. Yeah, you don't want to kill because you'll just kill it. Because it destroys yeah. reality scene and it ends the scene. So right. instead of saying no, but it's yes and then. And some people kind of take this to a improvisers. This hooks in a lot of people. So this mentality creates this sense of belonging that creates a community. Can also bring in some real weirdos. And really? Yeah. Oh, I never saw that coming. Yeah. So there's kind of a weird underbelly to that. But because um, people want, because you have a lot of people that have been told no their whole life, so they're told yes and, and they get turned on by it, and right. it becomes a whole thing. Right, right. Having right. said that, I, both my wives I met through improv, so okay, good. Yeah, exactly. So there's that element. Too. <laughs> uh, anyway, so one on one is yes and, which is great. So then I did pretty well in that class. I was pretty happy. It's but basically one on one is basically all out of boys. You don't get a lot of critique. You do, you do, but you don't. Like it's all it's yeah. all just to kind of build up excite. 
a good one-on-one teacher builds up excitement in improv. That's what it, it's not about. And, and probably you, and, and confidence. It's all it's about. Yeah. Cause you're a lot of people performing for the first time sure. and you do get to perform on that stage, which was awesome. I mean, I, you know, I, I got to see, you know, oh my God, so many great performances in that stage. So the performance was really special to me. 201 is more uh, kind of where the wheat and chaff kind of separate a little a bit. bit of separation. Yeah. Um, you get taught what's called game, which is UCB's biggest philosophy. And this is the last philosophy I promise I'll bore you with here. But, um, UCB is game driven and game is the premise and comedy that is basically, if this is true, then what else is true? So, um, remember the episode where Matt said he wanted to be a vampire? Yeah. Okay. So that's what's called an unusual thing. So if you ever have a conversation with somebody, if you're ever in an improv scene with somebody and they say something unusual, that's a big deal. Cause the, the comedy would be the unusuality of what you just said. Sure. So you saying you want to be a vampire is a strange thing. So, I, and I think if you even go back here, you might, I might even fall into improv, Chris, and I repeat it kind of back to you. That's a kind of a clue. That's a tell to me saying to you, Hey, we're going to run with this. Oh, you want to be a vampire? That's crazy. Oh, okay. Now Matt knows. Okay. We're going to, now Matt, Matt we're, gonna, I, yeah, oh, we're not doing improv right, here, yeah. obviously, but that's, I, I'll fall into habits all the time. And then the scene partner goes, okay, cool. So if this is true, then what else is true? So then chances are maybe Matt, maybe Matt sleeps in a coffin at night. Sure. Right. Okay. Maybe Never Matt, see the maybe Matt, only watches late night TV is afraid of crucifixes. Yes. All right. So you yeah. kind of have this whole thing where, but then you, you know, you then you build the world, you build the world, but you also want to kind of bring it back to reality. So then it's also called letting the game rest. So then maybe then we'll go back to talk about the podcast and having a regular conversation. Yeah. But then out of nowhere, you bring up the vampire thing. And that's where the comedy is. The comedy is in the specificity of the vampire stuff and the recognition the audience has of vampires. And it's called game. Yep. And a lot of UCB comedy, a lot of comedy you see on SNL, a lot of comedy you see in commercials, all stems from this idea of game. So if you ever want to get bored and really analyze comedy, go watch Game. And that's, that's what that is. Okay. So that's 201. So after 201, you have to get instructor approval to move on to 301. I did pretty well in 201. Uh, I'm, I will say my greatest strength is Game. I'm the best game person. I'll, I'll brag here. I don't, I don't love doing it, but I'm probably the best game person in the state. Yeah. Because I've been trained at UCB and I, I live in New Hampshire now. But even in New York, I was quite good at it. Yeah. There are other things I'm not great at. Uh, but that's the one, that's probably my, my greatest strength in improv is game. Yep. Um, and, but even then it was, it's just really hard to learn because you have to wrap your mind around things. You're doing everything on the spot. And I remember a couple times in the subway driving home, I'd be like, I don't get this. This sucks. I'm, I suck at this. This is not fun. Sure. I never want to be famous. That's the other thing too. I never want to be famous doing improv. You want to be good. I just want to be good. I just, I just want to learn from the best. That was my whole goal of moving to New York was to learn from the best. My ex wanted to move to New York. I think, well, not, I think she wanted, she wanted maybe more of a fame. Lane, she wanted to be more. How's that was, going for? This is more of a. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she's doing great. Who knows? Uh, but I, she wanted more of a lane in in doing comedy professionally, where I want to move to New York to simply survive out there to see if I could do it. You know, we talked about my dad. Yeah. I just had memories about New York, and I want to move to do improv, but just to learn. I didn't. I don't want to be in show business. So, you have to get instructor approval to go to three hundred one. Almost, you have to be a fucking like racist fuck. Or a complete idiot not to get into 301. I'm sorry if anyone <laughs> listening to this who hasn't got, but you have to sorry, be. Sorry, you but you suck. You suck. Like 95% of people get into 301. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So 301 is where they teach you the Herald. I'm not going to go too deep in the Herald. It's hyper complicated, but it's uh, basically it's Seinfeld. Um, you know how Seinfeld, it starts off with, you know, Jerry, Elaine, George, and Kramer all having different adventures. Yep. And at the end, it all kind of smashes together. Sure. That's a herald. I, I'm really simplifying it. If you want more explanation, I'd be happy to text you. I'm always happy. To Is it a payoff? Info. Is that what you're talking about? It's about the idea of having different things initially. And then by the end, oh, it, they all, oh, they all make like sense together. The structure of a herald 
is exactly the same as Seinfeld. Where what I mean by that is that you have individual stories, then yeah. they all meet at um, Jerry's apartment. Yep. And it's called a group game. And then they all have separate stories again. Yep. And then which get wilder, right? Like they heighten the comedy. Yeah, of course. And then the they all have a group game again, but they're all maybe at the monk's cafe. Yep. And then the last act is all of these things mashing together. And they all end up actually it all ends up kind of being related to each other. And doing that on the spot in a Herald, it's it's one of the more complicated, of course it's complicated. but also one of the, Adele Coast created it, and it's one of the most famous and greatest things. And I, I, when you do it, there's nothing better. Yeah, no, if you do it right, it's yeah. awesome. I can see it. It is yeah. the funnest it's complicated. thing. It's like, it's like chasing a drug. Sure. Like chasing that dragon. Like you do a really great Herald, all you ever want to do is go back and do another one. It's incredibly intoxicating. Uh, and that's what they teach at the Herald. And it's very, a lot of people just, it's really hard. It's hard. To, it's hard. To it's do. hard. Um, from 301, you have to get approval to go to 401. And this is where there's a real divide. And then only like 60% of people can go. Still, it's a majority. Almost, yeah. not almost every, most people get in, but not, not everybody. Yeah. It's a definitely a difference. And then you go to 401. Uh, 401 is where you take all of these skills you've learned and kind of then put it together. And, and you know, that you're kind of learning all of these skills and seeing how you, you can do. Uh, and I did 101, 201, 301, 401, all in the same calendar year, which is pretty unique. It just happened to just work out that way. I did my first 101, obviously very early. This is when, we, you know, this week I would have been doing 101. Yep. And uh, it just bang, bang, bang. And they're all eight courses, but I just, I was just in on it, man. I just like jumped yep. I, as soon as I could. I, and how it worked back then was it was such a huge demand for it that um, you'd have to basically like be at your computer the second a class was popped and like, you had like a minute to, it was almost like a sold out concert. You had to like type in your info, but I had like all this stuff, Google Chrome, like set up on my computer. And I was lucky enough in a position where I could just like, you know, basically tell my, you know, I could shut my office door for half an hour and like lock myself in and not be disturbed. Yep. So I was able to sign myself up, you know, and just like get in there. How many people were in a class with you? Uh, 16. That's small. Yeah, it is. It isn't. It's still a lot. Um, but I've, were there I've any, taught were there, improv. I've never taught more than 16. 16 was tough. But, because, were there, but are there classes concurrently though? Or is it just one class? Oh God, this class is going on. Oh, like, oh, okay. okay, this, okay. So oh, there's tons of classes. classes. Oh okay. yeah. I yeah, see, yeah. I see, Especially the one-on-ones and two-on-ones. Right. There's tons. Yeah. And, uh, but how improv works, it's eight up and eight down. So like there's eight people up. So every time, like only half the class is doing yeah. it and half the class is watching. Yeah. But there's demand was so high. Like I loved, I've taught improv here in New Hampshire a bit. And I love teaching classes of eight because then everyone's always up and moving. It just kind of sucks to sit down because you like it you want to just keep going. Especially yeah. if you had a bad scene, you want to get right back up there. Yeah. So I did one one two one three one four, and then from four one, then you get potentially. This is how it used to be. Now they have changed it, but back when I was going, which is all that matters for the sake of the show, was uh, you get accepted into advanced program, and from there they take basically like the top thirty percent, maybe like four or five, four people, maybe twenty five percent of sure three to five people of that four one get to go to advanced. Um, and it was the very last week of December of 13. I got, I found out I got accepted in advance my first try, which is pretty rare. Not, it's not like crazy rare, but it was on the rarer side. Usually like when you're doing 401, a lot of people have taken, are, are retaking 401 for the second, third or fourth time to try to get into advanced. Real, that's what it would take. You yeah. And I got in the, and so did my ex too. Yeah. Uh, we both got in our first try, which is pretty, pretty rare, pretty, pretty cool. Um, so I remember like the very last week of December, I got that notification that I got into advanced. Sure. I was super excited. It was such a really cool year for me improv wise to go from one-on-one all the way through to advanced. all the way and get at least know I got into this advanced program, which now that allows you to potentially audition for their main stage, which is basically like, you know, you're working with SNL people like, you know, or that's now you're at the brunt where you can start, you know, auditioning for spots to, you know, maybe get. Yeah. I believe even then though, I never, I never once like, I want to 
I was, by this point, I'm 33. I'm too old. I get, I'm not, I'm, I'm not only that, but like, my whole thing was this. Like, let's say you, let's say I got a job as a TV writer. Okay. Let's say, let's say I made it on at UCB and I made it huge and I, and I, and I'm lucky enough to have a pilot. Yeah. And I'm lucky enough where that pilot gets picked up yeah. and it gets picked up for a second year, but then the show goes away. Sorry, two years I have a TV show. I'm not going to make any more than I was making. Yeah. I was already making good money in New York. I'm, you know, yeah. I was in New York. So I was making, doing pretty, I was selling educa- I was selling like software in New York. Yeah. I was doing pretty well. Like I, I'm TV, you know, this is a short self life. And then what happens when that show's done now I'm out of work. Yeah. So even if I'm making equivalent, even if I'm making a little bit more money, what do I do when I get out? I'm kind of like, don't get me wrong. The right shows they want to write them. I would obviously would have done it, but like, it wasn't like those, you have to like seek those opportunities out. You and do. You got to like, basically, and I found this out and we'll talk more about it in 2014, but I, I, I really had to like, you have to like put your whole life. You do. On pause. And like, you have to really work the system to really get ahead. And I found that out kind of not the hard way because I had no hopes or dreams about it, but it was, it was kind of, it's kind of a difficult pill to swallow. But at this point though, it was all just simply good. Yeah. And the lessons I learned that year though, I've, I, I, I mean, I, so I came back to New Hampshire and I was, I taught improv and I've done stuff here, you know, a little bit. I've, I've since retired from improv and done improv and, uh, oh Christ, uh, where are we in? Over a year. Over a year now. Every time. Yep. Yeah. I left after the summer last year. Yeah. Um, and even that last time I directed, so I haven't performed improv like a year and a half. Um, I don't really miss it. Uh, but I, but I, it was each part of my life, but every, every lesson I took though from that year, that's what I carried over. Sure. Cause I went to other schools after UCB and I took schools before that. Everything I learned at UCB, that's what I took with me. And that's what I taught out of. Um, but if you love improv, if you're a kind of a comedy nerd, you want to reach out, feel free to DM, you know, tweet at me. That's fine. I'd be happy to talk improv with you. Um, it's a huge part of my life, my thirties, um, yeah. huge part of my life, my thirties. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, and I have zero regrets doing it. I love it. I met my wife doing it. I have, you know, both of them. I have, I have zero, I have zero, <laughs> zero regrets doing improv. Uh, but, uh, but it is also a young person's game and, you know, even, okay, like I'll put a quick cap in it. I mentioned, I didn't know the 1931 World Series. I had trouble remembering Kyle Chandler's name. I know there's small things, but like that's, you, you can't to, have that. You start right, to you slip. Gotta, yeah. And but actually, but if you're, if you are improving on a regular basis, your mind would stay sharp. It's, it's it not, doesn't. You slip. You, I've seen does it. it? It can happen. Yeah, yeah, it does. You know, it's just simply, it's just nature. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm really fucking sharp. I, I'll fucking go do shit with that. You know what are I mean? Are you though? Oh, maybe not anymore, but no, I, I, I mean, I'm really sharp. <laughs> yes, you still, are. Still, you know, compared to like an average person, so fine. But, um, but compared to, you know, y- you need to, especially if that's your skill set too. If that's what your whole thing is, like specificities and game and stuff, and you start to lose that. Yeah, you gotta be on. If your whole thing is your fastball yeah. and you, if you lose that and your curveball is not that great, yeah. it's tough It's tough to make it work. And that's not why I stopped doing it. I stopped doing it just because, honestly, I stopped doing it because of a lot of woke culture. Sure people was i remember i was doing a scene with somebody i mentioned the show alf and i got a blank stare this happened in new york yeah i got a blank look and i go this person's no so you start and they made a beyonce song lyric reference i didn't get it yeah and you start because it's a young person's game so i'm trying you know and you're doing everything on a tightrope because you're everything's you're making everything up and if you and your scene partner aren't connected even on a pop culture level it's gonna be Falls really apart. hard yeah. and then the whole attitude changes you know how i perceive the world is very different than how a 23 year old like look at all these protests and all these stuff going on and and that's just not the world that i'm i'm in right it's a different world i'm 40 it's different for me so it's um that kind of stuff i realize i got too old for it and that's that's fine it's okay it's okay but people do age out of it got it you aged into the podcast though Oh, boy, did I ever! You did. <laughs> I'm now I'm doing now I'm doing a nostalgia podcast with some old musician. With old, ah, <laughs> uh, old headlines. Sure. Okay, 
33 people killed by suicide bomb in Kirkuk, Iraq. Kirk? No, Kirkuk. Kirk Manning show, great show. Is it? Kirk, where is it now? Kirk where? No, Kirkuk. Yeah. Iraq. No. Yeah. What do you think I said? Kirk. Kirk. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> A uh, so a film debuted this week. What am I supposed to say about a bombing? You, you do that. nothing. So but what I are you talking about? A tsunami I, or something? What am I supposed to say about that? I oh, there's a lot of water. I don't. Oh, I, it, it came from an earthquake. Woo. Uh, I pick headlines that will incite discussion. No I don't. shit, Sherlock. I don't know what, what do you mean? Who gives a fuck? Because we're doing a show about this. It's a discussion show. Well, geez, I'm, I'm, I'm show. trying to keep your mind sharp. You gotta come hard. You gotta come strong. You gotta be prepared. So, um. You got prepared with headlines that create conversation. Do you know about the uh, the Pirate Bay? Have you heard about that thing before? I drank uh, Pirate Bay. <laughs> no. it's, it's the wrong. The Pirate Bay is uh, is a is a service that it's a service that basically um, compiled uh, torrents, so you could uh, download pirated material. I, I, I hate. Oh, I have issues with pirate stuff. I hate pirate stuff. Well, it really angers me. Yes, yeah, you're not very good libertarian. We talked about that last episode. Anyway, a film it, about the trial you're stealing from people who create art. No, it's bullshit. No, you are a uh, film about the trial of the pirate Bay is released this week. Don't it's pirate stuff guys. It's really shitty. Don't do that. For real. AFK pirate. Anything you want. We have a music license for a reason because we're doing the right thing and that's what people should do. do well, right we thing. just don't want to get sued. It doesn't mean this. We don't have to go into this. You'll, you'll get destroyed on this one. It's not, that's not you, what you're saying yeah. is moral. Like that's, there's no such thing. It's not a physical piece of Matt's property. Gonna work mental gymnastics around me now. Yeah. It's not that hard. I mean, you're losing fastball. So <laughs> then the last thing, this is fucked up. This is all over headlines. I saw this on like nine different fucking websites. This thing. I have no idea what this is. You ready? Okay. Seamus Shim Sham Nugent led his two friends, Michael and Josh on an arduous journey to barking from which their friendship has never recovered. I, I don't understand. Any of your I don't understand anything that this is on. Like this is in Wikipedia for this day or for this week. This was in like nine different websites. This thing, I fucking Google searched it. I Google searched this guy's name. I couldn't figure out what this what does fuck- it mean. No idea. Is it like a kid thing or is it like some I joke, have, some like TikTok thing or something? I have no, no, it's not a TikTok thing. I have no I idea. Mean like a TikTok joke or something? No, it's not a chick. It's not a joke. This is in like in. Read it again. Okay. Seamus. He's going to read it again. So if anyone knows what this means, please let, help let us. us yeah. I want to know. What is it again? Um, okay. So Seamus, but then in parentheses, his like nickname, Shim Sham Nugent. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. So that makes sense. Right. Seamus Shim Sham Nugent led his two friends, Michael and Josh on an arduous <laughs> journey to barking from which their friendship has never recovered. What is barking? I think barking has got to be a town. I think it's British. Shim Sham. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. That's his name. Uh, Shim Sham. I know Ted. Shim Sham Nugent. Of course, you know, Ted. Yeah. <laughs> this that's is what not... I mean. Imagine doing an improv scene. Someone like references this and I'm like, like, I don't know. Like, and Shim Sham Nugent. Just, like, like, you know, you have, I don't know, you know Shim Sham Nugent. people watching you. Like, uh, you say, you'd say yes. And yeah, I was with Shim Sham. Exactly. You got to play along, but then, you know what I mean? Now, yeah, like, but you have no reference. Yeah, right. now you're going down this rabbit right. hole and you just have to keep fucking I actually, bullshitting. You know, I probably would make a Ted Nugent. Like, I would be so. You'd have to. That's the, only, that's the only point of reference. Was his brother Ted there or something? And then your 25 year old fucking scene mate would have no idea who Ted Nugent is and you'd be you'd be fucked. And that's why I don't do it anymore. I think that's the end. Is that all you got? Yeah, that's uh, it. That's it. We're back next week. We have uh, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights, because we're 97, and Starship Troopers with our good friend, Steve Robbins. Quantum Steve, baby. Quantum Steve. Hashtag Quantum Steve. Yeah, that's going to be a fun uh, one. Yeah, so we are back on Wednesday. Um, anything else that we need to announce? I don't think so. I think that's it. I'm sure we forgot. All right, read the fucking I, blog. I mean, listen to the episode. I don't even know one of the 20, 31 worlds here. I feel bad no, about that. No, it certainly wasn't the A's. <sighs> All right, we'll catch you in the next one. Bye.